0: You're listening to The Food Files Podcast, the latest from the Oklahoma State University Robert M. Kerr Food and Agricultural Product Center. Here's your host, Darren Scott. Welcome to The Food Files. I'm your host, Darren Scott, and today's guest is Miss Ashley Sutterfield, CEO of Metzger & Roth. Good morning, Ashley.
1: Good morning, Darren. Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, well, thanks for coming on. You know, before we get started, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself since you have an Oklahoma State and an FAPC connection.
1: Yeah, so I have been in the industry for about 15 years working in R&D, doing development for products and companies. Um, My original start in my career was at FAPC, and I actually did all my undergrad work in the center and was able to um, form a very close bond, but now I work with clients who work with FAPC. And so a uh, long-term connection there and something I'm very proud of and and honestly something that inspired me working with small businesses. Um, in Metzger and Roth. And so I'm very thankful for that connection.
0: You know, one of the things that you do as part of helping the entrepreneurs is helping them decide whether or not it's a good decision for them to, you know, manufacture their own products or maybe to have it manufactured by a coal packer. And uh, I guess you have uh, some bullet points that you put together to kind of help entrepreneurs go through that process. And I thought that today I'd kind of, you know, go over some of those points with you and
1: uh, get some of your feedback. Absolutely. I think All that'd right. be excellent for entrepreneurs. All right. Excellent.
0: First bullet point here, a uh, strategic mindset, know your long-term vision. So uh, what's that about?
1: Yeah. So really when I begin to work with clients, it's important for food entrepreneurs to understand what their long-term goal is. And the Mm -hmm. purpose for that is not just from a goal setting perspective, but it really helps align what is the the goals that we need to be setting for the next year. If we understand what the goal is 15 years from now, we then can begin reverse engineering and understanding, do I need a co-packer to reach that state? Um, Okay of that goal. And if I do, am I looking to sell to specific retailers that require certain audits and Mm -hmm. I want to minimize the number of times I'm partnering with a co-packer and it should really be a partnership that is a long-term relationship. And so we begin thinking about finding a co-packer who is not just right for the immediate future is also right for the years to come.
0: Well, you know that definitely is something that often comes up with the people that work here at uh, here at FAPC, is you know trying to figure out all right well you know how do I make those decisions you know who is going to click with me um, and is this someone that I want to be with uh, for the long term um, you know next bullet point that you have here is long term strategy the guardrail that gives you clarity.
1: Yeah, this falls right in line with that strategic mindset. So once we start identifying uh, what that long term goal is, and what the immediate steps are that are going to get me there, mm-hmm. it becomes a guardrail for not just what I need to do in the next year, but truly what is the task I need to complete today, it goes back to the 80-20 rule that 20% of the work that you do Mm -hmm. is actually making 80% of the impact in your business. And so we're beginning to think long term so that we understand what our focus is today that will make a difference in our business.
0: Let's see. Preparation is key. Be the 1% that co-packers want to partner with.
1: Yeah. So this is a big one that when I talk to co-packers, which is fairly frequently, Mm -hmm. I always ask the question, how many companies approach you and they're fully prepared, ready to do tests with you. They have all the documentation in place and often, well, every single time a co-packer will say none, except for the clients (laughs) that you work with. And that makes them stand out to a co-packer. And so really, uh, any food entrepreneur who begins preparing themselves for a co-packer is going to stand out in the crowd. And why I say that is that co-packers often find themselves holding the hand of an entrepreneur, which Mm -hmm. is understandable Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of information out there about how to approach a co-packer, but it's also not the most efficient way for a co-packer to run their business. Mm. And we have to understand that a co-packer is also an entrepreneur and they are running their own business as well. So any responsibility that we can take as a food entrepreneur to prepare ourselves for a co-packer is only going to help set us apart. Mm -hmm. And so we really focus on, um, Preparing a product formulation ahead of time. So that means converting a recipe that's in cups and tablespoons into a formula that is weights and percentages Mm -hmm. and drafting a product specification. Uh, This is a living document that outlines the product in detail from simple things like name and description Mm -hmm. to the formulation and the process for producing it includes the nutritional statement and quality attributes. And really, um, this document is something that is all-inclusive for a co-packer mm-hmm. to be able to look at the paper and see how you produce your product and how it falls in line with their production. Um, so it really creates an efficiency in the process. Okay. And then for a company to understand their cost of goods and their sales volume, that will help tremendously in knowing um, the inventory that mm-hmm. if there's a minimum order and you have an inventory um, constraint, then you need to work through, if you have a longer shelf life, could you go ahead and do a minimum volume but hold inventory say for three months? And that really makes a difference in how you're able to approach a co-packer strategically.
0: I see. Well, you know, that definitely is something that we come across is that, you know, it's very different for uh, someone who's just starting out to look at their product and the process um, of uh, what looking at it from the standpoint of a business as opposed to, well, I cook this thing in my home and I enjoy cooking it and that's basically it, you know, and I just want to kind of maybe scale that up. That is, well, won't I just be sort of like doing the same thing that I'm doing right now? And the answer to that is not
1: really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that is the difference between, you know, you have a gold standard product that you've produced out of your kitchen, and that is excellent. That is you are familiar with your product.
0: Yes, yes. But
1: a co-packer is familiar with their process. And yes. so it really becomes this partnership of learning from one another and using, allowing your co-packer to share their expertise. I think a lot of times, as food entrepreneurs who are so close to our products, mm. we go into a co-packer and we know everything about the product. But in reality, they have this really incredible knowledge that we could capitalize on if we go in with a learning attitude. Mm.
0: Sure, sure. All right. uh, Let's see. Uh,
1: Where to find a list of
0: co-packers?
1: Yeah. So this is actually where FAPC comes in. Um, We do a lot of partnering to utilize the resources that you have, especially within state for um, co-packers that are available. Mm -hmm. Another great resource is partner slate and they are an online resource and it requires a monthly membership, but it is fairly affordable and um, they house a basically a resource bank of co-packers, and they categorize them based on um, product type. Mm -hmm. And it's for co-packers all across the country.
0: Well, definitely could be useful because that's probably one of the top questions that we get is, all right, well, where do I find these people? Next point you have here is partnership development, the conversations you should be having.
1: Yeah. So what I often see with food entrepreneurs is we are ambitious and excited to get to a co-packer. And so we often skip to, I found a co-packer who can produce my type of product and I'm ready to launch with them. And really it should require a lot more partnership development than that. Mm -hmm. So, What I encourage companies to do is to identify four to six co-packers that are in their category that could possibly produce their product and begin with interviews. Just like you would interview an employee, you're Mm -hmm. looking to hire a co-packer. And so Mm -hmm. start with phone interviews and you set those up ahead of time. There's certain questions you can go through with them and you begin to get a feel for their culture, for their values, but then also are they able to produce your product and do they have the audits in place that you need for the future? Okay. And once you've identified say two to three that you're really comfortable with, then I often encourage clients to go take a tour. Co-packers are more than willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it lets them get familiar with you. You can talk in person about your product. And even if they're across the country, I do encourage this because then you're able to see their facility, understand how they operate. And it's going to be a partnership. And so you're really looking for somebody that you your values align And so Mm -hmm. then, once you've narrowed down from your tour, you'll begin with pricing and working through. Does it, you know, this is the copacker I like the most, but is their pricing where I need it to be? Mm. Um, And sometimes, I will tell companies that if a copacker's pricing is ten cents higher, yes, in the short term that may be painful, but in the long term, if they have the audits in place. And are able to grow with you, then that can be really impactful so that you're not changing co-packers and spending thousands of dollars to do that a year down the road.
0: I see. Uh, Financial success, the key to your success.
1: Yeah. So one thing I often see and my peers in the industry see is that as food entrepreneurs, we have this pride in hustle and Hmm. we're willing to put in as much work as needed. But we're not, most companies are not paying themselves a salary as an owner. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you're not paying yourself as an owner, you are not a successful business. You have to have a foundation in place to be able to pay yourself, make it worth your time. You're going to be paying a co-packer to produce your product you need to be paying yourself as the owner. Mm. You also need to be saving for the future of your business and putting money back for taxes and keeping a healthy balance for your operating expenses. And Mm. this foundation gives companies peace of mind, and it also gives the confidence and security to be able to grow the business and takes a lot of the pressure off of having to have inventory for an immediate sell because if you're planned six months to a year out, you're, you're not as stressed about it.
0: Again, that's something that often comes up with many of our clients. And you know, I often tell them that you know, having that sort of plan um, is as important as the actual manufacturing of the product itself. That is, you know, having some understanding of, all right, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to have set aside to meet these particular needs that I may or may not have, you know, that kind of um, provides you with a launch pad to be a little bit more prepared for things that might come up unexpectedly.
1: Exactly. It's it's very important and absolutely key to be prepared for the future.
0: Hmm. We well, you know, um, you've given... Uh, our listeners, uh, a lot of good information today. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, a couple of things, actually. Um, sure. Three three expectations that I like to tell clients as they're preparing for a successful partnership with a co-packer mm-hmm. is that the product formula and the process will likely change. And that is okay.
0: Mm, <laughs> you Yes.
1: Like we discussed, you know your product, but the co-packer has larger scale equipment, things are going to change. Mm. Just keep in mind what the gold standard is and review that regularly with the co-packer so that as you're developing, you're able to plan for what those changes may be. And are they significant enough that you feel it isn't uh, serving your product quality? Mm -hmm. Or is it completely acceptable and it's just a part of the process change? And then the next thing is that to remember your co-packer is an expert too. Just like we discussed, you know your product, but they know their process. Mm -hmm. And then also to prepare a timeline, often companies come and they say, I want to be in a co-packer by the end of the month. And that is not realistic. Mm -hmm. It's a hard truth to hear, but often those companies who jump in, they do go to a co-packer within a month or two. They're often looking for a new co-packer in three to six months. And so taking the time to really vet the co-packers, doing the interview process, preparing yourself and the documents that you need, and then making time for product testing at the co-packer. And this timeline can often take six months. And so what we at Metzger and Roth, we have a program in place that's step-by-step and it's eight weeks that walks companies through all of these details about how to conduct interviews. What are the questions you need to be asking? Sure. How do you create your product formula? Let's create a product specification. So we get all of that in place so that whenever you go to a co-packer, you're more than prepared and you're able to hopefully speed up that process just slightly so that you're not doing as as many production tests Mm. at a co-packer.
0: I'd just like to say thanks for coming on this morning, Ashley.
1: Yeah, thanks, Darren. I appreciate it. Well, definitely lots of good information.
0: I'd also like to thank the listeners for tuning in. And I'd also like to thank AgCom for the production of this podcast. Uh, For additional food industry information, please make sure to visit our website at food.okstate.edu. Until next time.